For today on this feast of uh, divine mercy, I thought I would uh, be here to present this beautiful image of divine mercy, a few details about it, and, uh, and follow after what my pastor at St. Jude's used to do growing up, Monsignor Oliver McGrady. I don't have the same brogue that he has, but, but this still worked. Uh, here I am, right? Um, here are many of us, many, many who came from St. Jude's as well, have stayed in Rockville. In our gospel today, we hear that Paul, really, not, not Paul, but, um, who was it? Who was it? Thomas. 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 This is not going well. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell Monsignor McGrady. It didn't, didn't work. Um, Thomas really missed out, at least at first. Thomas completely misses the boat. Our Lord appears to his disciples, his apostles, after they've been hearing that he's there, and they're still afraid. They're still not believing. And he comes to them while they are locked behind doors for fear of the Jews. He presents himself to them, and the first thing he says is, Peace be with you. And then again he says, Peace be with you. And a third time, Peace be with you. I think our Lord's trying to make a point. Peace be with you. When he's risen, he brings with him this abiding peace. And they're overjoyed that our Lord has come to them. Our Lord has presented himself to them. The Lord is alive. The Lord is real, and He is alive, and He is a part of our lives. So, of course, they would have run to find Thomas. So they run out. They run out into the city. They find Thomas. And how they must have expressed their joy to Him, the peace, the abiding peace that they had received from our Lord. The Lord is alive. The Lord is risen. We have seen the Lord. He has given us His peace. He has forgiven us for abandoning Him. He has breathed upon us, given us his peace. But Thomas is not able to receive it. How they must have pleaded with him. You don't understand, it's true, he's alive. Everything you've heard, it's true. The Lord is alive, and yet he won't hear it. Unless I place my finger into the hole, the nail holes on his hands, and my hand into his side, I will not believe. No matter how hard they plead, he will not believe. And it's good to look at Thomas's perspective for a moment. Because just a moment ago, all of his brothers were afraid as well. This is not something they expected. They were fearful. They were hurt. They were traumatized. They had just seen our Lord convicted, tortured, and killed. The one who they thought would fulfill all of these promises, he didn't meet their expectations. So here they are, afraid, alone, traumatized. But our Lord comes to them. Our Lord gives them a great gift and brings them out of this darkness by his resurrection and by his presence in their lives. So we can kind of understand where Thomas is coming from. Thomas gets a bad rap for being a doubter. There was a, a recent movie about Thomas, and every single time someone's doubting what something, that Jesus is going to do something good, Thomas, like, every, you know, it's like three or four times throughout the series, Thomas is going, nah, can't be, right? Like, he's just the doubter, that's it. That's the only character development he gets. But he's the one who says, we will go and die with you, Lord. We will go with you. So this is a zealous man. This is one who loves our Lord very much, and yet he's having a hard time believing in the resurrection of our Lord. He's a bit traumatized. 
Now, perhaps we're familiar with this feeling that Thomas had of being hurt, of being disappointed, of not having our expectations met of how God will be in our lives. Perhaps we've all been there. And we're all here because we've received the gift of God's presence in our lives. He has come to us. He has made us His own. He has given us His peace. He has entered into this relationship with us. So we're particularly blessed that our Lord has appeared to us. We just happened to be in that room when He came to be chosen by Him to receive this great gift. Well, perhaps we know someone who's not here right now. Someone who's been hurt. Someone who's been through a trauma. Someone whose expectations of life in Christ didn't, weren't, weren't met. Someone who's been badly hurt. And they're having a hard time coming back to Christ right now. No matter what we say, no matter how we plead, no matter how much joy we share with them, we find that they're having a hard time coming back. Our witness isn't enough. Just like the witness of his brother apostles was not enough for Thomas. So what does our Lord do? Our Lord makes himself present to Thomas. And our Lord will do the same with our brothers and sisters. But we need to. We have, a, we have a twofold mission, brothers and sisters. One, to go out and proclaim that good news. To go find them. To find them wherever they, they happen to be hiding. Wherever they're fearful. Wherever they're afraid. Wherever they're sad. Go and find your brothers and sisters and tell them the good news that God is risen and He is alive. And He wants to be part of your life. That's step one. And step two is pray. Pray, pray, pray. Ask the divine mercy because the one who can truly change hearts, it's not me, it's not you, it's Jesus Christ. So our prayer is this. What is written at the bottom of this image? Jesus, I trust in you. What I cannot do, you can. You're God and I'm not. You are the Savior. There's one Savior and his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus, I trust in you. So when we find that our apostolic endeavors, us trying to spread the good news, fall short, even before we find that it's fallen short, we turn to our Lord. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, bring them back. Jesus, you are the one who changes hearts. You're the one who brings us out of, the dark, out of darkness. It is by your cross and resurrection that we have been set free. So on this feast of divine mercy, we turn to our Lord. The Lord, from whose heart blood and water has poured. From the heart of Christ comes salvation. And the heart of Christ has a desire for each and every one of us. That each and every one of us, every person be saved. So we implore Him. By the grace that You have given us, shower that grace upon us again today. And save everyone. Save these particular people for whom we pray, for whom we offer this divine mercy chaplet. There's two rays coming from our Lord's heart. Red and blue. Blood and water. Not by water alone. By blood and water. By the blood and the water which flows forth from God's heart are we saved. His heart has been pierced for us that we may live. 
And the outpouring of that blood and water, the water of baptism, the blood of his very heart, the Eucharist, by this we are saved. So after Mass today, we will have an opportunity in adoration, in praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet, to implore our Lord to save those souls for whom we long to be here. Because He longs for them to be here too. And not just here, but here and in heaven. Lord, we cannot change hearts on our own, but You are the Savior. You will change hearts. Today, we too can pray for ourselves. We can make a beautiful renewal and come back to Christ. Be renewed in Christ. On this feast of divine mercy, we can begin anew with our Lord. This feast of divine mercy has been given to us by the unfathomable divine love of Jesus Christ that we may be able to begin anew. On this day, if we in the state of grace, having gone to confession within eight days prior or after this feast, receive the Blessed Sacrament, receive the Eucharist, pray for the Holy Father and our Father, Hail Mary, for the Holy Father and His intentions. And then implore our Lord and say, Jesus, I trust in You. I trust in You to save me. It'll be as if we have been washed clean again by the blood of the Lamb as if we received baptism once again. A complete renewal. A, what's called a plenary indulgence. A full indulgence. Our Lord will bring us back to life. For He is alive, and He is alive in order to do just that. To bring us back to life. Lord, we fall short. But in You, we have salvation. We fall short in ourselves. We've been given so much. And yet in You, we are saved. And we trust in you to bring all souls back to you. For your, you bled and died for love of us. So we say together, Jesus, I trust in you.